It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. James Seltzer with you. A special guest today. Elliot Short Parks, derelict in his duty, just taking a day off. But you know what? We're the winners because we get Ruben Frank with us today. How are you, Ruben? I think Elliot's at Jordan Matthews' wedding. <laughs> he's the best man today. So that would I make think, sense, yes. I think he's the entire wedding party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Elliot's uh, taking a day off. He's he's away, and uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about this. This is uh, We've never done a show together. No, you're actually the 53rd different host I've worked with. Really? Is, the, is that the number? In 1993, <laughs> or I think it was 93, yeah. Well, I'll try and live up to the other 52. I'll do my best. So uh, we're excited to have you, man. And, uh, Try to work into the top 50. Yeah, well, rankings. hey, you know, I guess we'll <laughs> see. That, that's a big ask. That's a big ask. All right, 215-592-9494. Look, Elliot took a uh, a day off to, to where we have a lot to talk about. So we, we don't need Elliot Short Parks today. We got a lot to get into, uh, Ruben. Obviously, coming off Thursday night, we'll get into the Zach Ertz trade. So much going on with the Eagles right now. But, but you were down there. You were in the building Thursday night, I think. Look, a lot of Eagles fans, they only lose the game by six. I felt like it was 20, felt like it was 30. There's not a single Eagles fan who came out of that game feeling good. What were your impressions of the game? We'll get into Sirianni and Hurts in a second, but but overall the team and how they looked on Thursday night. Well, obviously it just takes them too long to get going. It's two weeks in a row, and they got away with it in Carolina. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to be the first one to say the play calling has been atrocious. <laughs> it's been atrocious. And I got to say, I, I – I really thought Nick would be better at it. And especially coming off the Atlanta game, it's like, all right, this guy's got a real flair for play calling, and he doesn't. And it's uh, it's really disappointing. And, you know, Jalen's been bad the last two weeks in particular, uh, but I don't think Nick's helping him out a whole lot either. So it's really a bad situation. You have a young quarterback. He needs the, he needs the coach and the play caller to really, you know, put him in positions to, to make plays and to get the ball to his best players and, and – uh, to mix it up and to be balanced and to be unpredictable and inventive and creative. And Nick's not doing any of that stuff. And uh, Jalen doesn't have a shot. Now, I'm not defending Jalen. He, he legitimately has played bad the last two weeks as a passer. And you know, he's making plays with his feet. But that's not enough. You can't win. Uh, you know, you know, I mean, even Lamar Jackson has developed into a good passer. I mean, gosh, 30, yeah. 37 like, for 43 yeah. the other night. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, the concerning thing to me isn't as much that Jalen is playing poorly 
but I just don't know if Nick is equipped to help him out of it and to get him, you know, get him past this. And, and, and that's really, that's really scary because, you know, with a young quarterback, I mean, you know, you can you start taking steps backwards. It's uh, it's really concerning. Well, especially in a season for Jalen, where right or wrong, you know, as a 23 year old kid, you would you would like him to have an opportunity, right, a chance to grow, to learn, to develop. But that's not the situation this kid is in. Sadly, this team didn't believe in him coming into the season. You know, like this is not uh, their franchise guy or whatever. He has a year to prove himself. With all the draft picks, with all the capital, like if Jalen Hurts does not grab this job this year, there's a very good chance that he will not be the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles next year. And and right or wrong, it, it sucks for him, but this is his shot. And to your point, it has been my my single most disappointing thing with Nick Sirianni, and there's a lot, and we'll get into it all, but but this guy came in here saying, I'm here to put players in positions to be successful. This is my whole coaching philosophy. What I do is I look at my players, I say, what do you do great? What do you do great? What do you do great? I'm going to put you in positions to do those things. And he said, none of that. I mean, the running the ball thing is is mind-blowing. It would be mind-blowing with any team in the NFL, much less with a rookie quarterback who you're asking to sit in the pocket and pick people apart. Rube, have you ever seen a coach come in and and have such a bad feel for, for his roster and his players so quickly? Well, you know, we've seen coaches struggle at the beginning. I mean, Andy was 0-4 and, and certainly had his issues, but you could tell that it, it was, you know, things were going to get better. Um, but no, I mean, it, it's, um, it, it's really disappointing and you know, he, he doesn't seem to really understand how bad he's been. And, and that's, you know, he blamed things on the execution. I mean, when you're, when you're 95% throwing the ball, he's putting so much on Jalen's plate. I mean, Jalen's got to make, you know, got to every, every play, I think it's 77% of the snaps have gone through Jalen, either a run or a throw. Unbelievable. You know, Lamar is 70%, and he's like the, you know, the greatest kind of dual threat guy in the league. This is a kid in his 10th start. 10th start, 77%. It's too much. Uh, And he's doing Jalen a disservice by that. I mean, the the not running the ball. Look, I'm not one of these, you've got to run the ball. It's 1978 again. I'm not like that. But you have to run it enough to keep teams off balance, to give the quarterback a little, just a mental break where, you know, you just hand the ball off. Just hand the ball off. The, you know, I don't have to just, you know, not a read option. That's not a pass. It's not a run. You know, this play, I can shut down mentally, just hand the ball off and, and start thinking about the next play. But he doesn't have that chance because Nick just and, – and beyond the fact that they have really good running backs. Yeah, it's one of the strengths of their team. It might be their strongest yes. position. And, you know, Boston Scott doesn't play, but he's, he's not bad. And we know what Gainwell can do, although now he can't even get the ball. And Miles is is the single most underutilized player in the NFL, and it's, you know, he finally gets the ball in the closing minutes, you know, eighteen yards, nine yards, and that's against, you know, that's against a, a pretty good run, number one run. They've actually the number three run de- defense in history coming into the game through five games, and you see Miles, he you can't stop the guy, but I mean, you know, what was the old joke about the only the only coach to keep. Uh, Michael Jordan under 20 points was Dean Smith. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, the only coach to shut down Miles Sanders is Nick Sirianni. Yeah, and it's it is it's really astounding, especially coming in with what we saw, thought Sirianni was going to be, you know, coming from the Frank Reich offense. We thought they were going to run the ball. And throw to the back. A lot, and use the backs in the passing game. And then yesterday, the Nick Sirianni press conference, I know you were on it, when he talked the end of the press conference about identity. And, and really disturbing. Like, maybe the most disturbing thing he said yet, which is is saying something. I mean, he's like, we don't even know what our identity is. We don't have an identity. And, like- then, and then he he, yeah, he couldn't articulate the team's identity, the offense's identity. 
And then he said, you know, I don't think any team has an identity right now. I was like, what are you talking about, What man? are you talking about? You know, you watch the Buccaneers. They have the greatest quarterback ever, okay? The greatest quarterback to ever play the position. And they're running the ball like three, four, five times a game with, uh, with Fournette. And, you know, he ended up with like 22 carries. Yep. Now, if Byron Leftwich understands the value, this is a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator with a Hall of Fame greatest quarterback ever, and he's running the ball. Like, you ask Byron Leftwich, what's this team's identity? You know, I think he's going to be able to articulate it. Well, you know, we're, we run the ball enough to keep defenses honest and let the, you know, let Tom Brady make plays and in the middle of the field and, and distribute the ball. And if you can't articulate that as a head coach, I mean, that's really concerning. And, you know, he was asked the same thing uh, a couple, maybe a month ago, and he couldn't, you know, he said not turning the ball over. And, I mean, there was, it's like he, it's like he doesn't know. And, and it's, yeah, it's really concerning. All right, so let's get to the. And I mean, I'm ready for somebody else to call the plays. I, it's only six games. I get that. I, I, give it to Shane Steichen. Give it to, you know, Brian Johnson, Kevin Petulo, anybody. Well, Rich Cotite. I mean, in find a ba- Richie the K. In a, yeah. yeah, I mean, people are calling him Nick Cotite. It's not great. Well, you know, the Eagles had the number one offense in the NFL in '90 with, you know, with Rich Cotite as offensive coordinator. He was yeah. a bad head coach, but. I mean, he won a playoff game as that coach. I mean, for what yeah, it's worth, I mean, yeah, you know, Nick Sirianni is certainly not that right now. And and again, with the running the game too, with the running game too. And I know people made, you know, went gaga about Brandon Staley's comments about it, but he's right. Yeah, like there is a toughness. This is a this is a game that is tough. It is physical. It is about beating the guy in front of you. John Ritchie always likes to say he jokes around, but he's serious when he's like he's like you know all the plays, all the scheme, all that stuff's nice, but at the end of the day, football comes down to. You look at the guy in front of you, and who's the bigger badass of the two of you? That's football. And and the running game is an extension of that. Like, it is it is how you beat a team's will. It is how you you grind them down, how you break their will. And this team doesn't, doesn't even attempt. All right, so let's get to the million-dollar question because, look, it's only six games into his coaching career, and, and I came in expecting some bumps. This guy's never been a head coach at any level. Yeah. Like, we're not even talking about high school. He's never been a head coach. He's never called plays. Like, to your point – he is coming in with so much on his plate to do the play calling, to be a coach for the first time, to run a billion-dollar organization, multi-billion-dollar organization. But here's my question. Look, it's only six games. He's brand new, all that. But it, is it possible that Nick Sirianni, when this season is done, if things continue on this this track, is a one-and-done guy? Is it possible? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, they're going to win some games. I mean, they, they – look. They're, they're two and four, and we're talking like they're on six. They're two, two and four, four and – they're through the toughest part of the schedule. Um, they've they've won a couple road games. You know, if you rank the top ten quarterbacks that they'll face this year, I mean, or the yeah, they I fa- guess they Herbert's face the, probably the, the only yeah they big face one the left. top three and they'll, they'll see Dak again. But I mean, Brady, Mahomes, yeah, Dak. and Dak are like all having historic seasons. Um, so I mean, things are going to get easier. You saw when they when they faced a mortal quarterback, you know, Darnold. They, you know, they they took care of him defensively certainly and. And and Garoppolo, they were they were good against, and 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 Matt Ryan. So, I it's not going to fall apart completely. One interesting thing is, I mean, they still play hard. They do. They fought that Carolina game, Tampa game. I mean, they fought back. You know, You're down twenty one, you cut it to you know make it a one position possession game. Um, so, I th- I think as long as he has their ear, as long as his message is getting through to them, might not be getting through to us. As long as they're still buying in and playing hard, I think the one and done guys are guys that lose the team, you know. And you can see that you can see that halfway through the season. If you're, you know, like if they lose their next three, 
which I don't think they will. I mean, look, you look at the schedule. They could. I mean, the Vegas game alone. I mean, Vegas they're, they're, has fallen to pieces. It's a disaster. And then you have Detroit. Yep. I mean, they could easily. They could be four and four. They could. They so, could. Uh, you know, it, I'm not ready to go there. I think he'll be the. I think he gets at least two years. And Jeff Lurie's never been one to, you know. I mean, look, he he gave up on Chip with a game left, and that was, you know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but he's ahead. never been one to to act. You know, he'll he'll always err on the side of of caution and and patience. Uh, like with Andy in 2012, I mean, he probably should have fired him after 11, uh, but he waited an extra year. Or so, uh, but then with Doug, you know, you know, Doug was was pretty pretty quick. A couple yeah. years after Super Bowl, so quickest ever after a Super Bowl win. No, there was there was his second quickest. Was it the second? Yeah, I thought it was the quickest. quickest after either no, way. I did a whole big very either spent way. Spent like it's eighty ve- hours researching <laughs> that, but very quick after a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I I don't think so. I th- unless the thing totally falls apart, and they go like. You know, one in eleven over the last twelve games, but I, I don't see that happening. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four to the phones in a sec. Where do you say on the Eagles after that Thursday night ugly six point loss? If that's a phrase that you hear that often, Sirianni. I want to quickly get to Hertz with you, Ruben. Then we'll get to the phones. We'll get to the Hertz trade as well coming up. But um, we talked about Hertz a little bit, and I think you and I are on the same page that it's it's almost hard to get a read on Hertz because of how bad this offense has been, how bad the play calling is, and and to the point you made, all they're asking this kid to do that he is not ready to do. But he has missed some some really easy throws consistently and, and has made some poor decisions, struggles throwing to the left when he's going to the left. Like, there's there are definitely things to knock Hurts for. Where are you at with Jalen Hurts through six games? Is it more hard to tell, or are these things you're seeing starting to make you really worried about his future? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm, I'm not there yet where I would say I'm worried about his future. I'm concerned by those things you mentioned, he does miss open guys, and it's concerning. There's there's layups. You know, you look at the throw to Ertz yep. on, on the right sideline uh, the other day. And he uh, wasn't even close on that one. Wasn't even close. And that was an easy throw. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the deep balls, he's really underthrowing, and he keeps getting DPIs, so maybe just keep underthrowing him. <laughs> hey, take shots. It's like right? their that's best what, play. is why you take shots. DPI, you know? yeah. Because yeah. they're going to call it no matter what. And the guy's close to you. Know, it's deep, must be DPI. But <laughs> it's it's just awful. But that's that's another story. But, um, yeah, there's there's concerns. I'm, I'm concerned with – you know, he only completed three passes over six yards Thursday night. Man. Three passes I mean, over six yards. It's unbelievable. And it was a it was a sixteen yarder to uh, to Ertz. The and one to Quez. The and, one to Quez yeah. and the one to Devante. And yeah. so the middle of the field isn't being used. Um, you know, there, there's concerns. Yeah. And uh, but you know the high points have been like the Chiefs game. Uh, granted, that's like a world class bad defense. Um, he's had some good games, and at the end of games, he seems to. I don't know. I don't know if like Nick just lets him be himself or mm-hmm. something, but at the end of games, you know, he's got a flair for comebacks. He does. And, you know, most of the time using his legs, but he does hit some big throws, and you know, teams are on their heels when he starts mixing it up. Um, so that's, that's a positive. There's some positives, and you know, sometimes he'll make a wow throw, and you're like, you know, if he could only do that consistently. But the, the fact that he's, he's missing open guys, I mean, you just can't do that. I don't care if it's your first start, your 10th start, your 100th start. You can't do that. And that's something he's got to get past. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll get to the Zach Ertz trade coming up. I want to get Rube's thoughts on where Zach Ertz ranks historically as an all-time Philadelphia Eagle because we all know he is a future Eagles Hall of Famer. He will be there as soon as they can possibly put him in there, and it is well deserved. So we'll get into that as well. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you stay on the Eagles after Thursday night? Let's start out on the phones where we do every Saturday at this time. Let's go to Edmonton and talk to our buddy Tom. Yo, Tom. Yo, fellas. How we doing today? Hey, Tom. What's up, Tommy? 
All right, so James, I'm, I'm seriously considering just recording a four-minute spot and emailing it to you, so you could just replay it at one fifteen every Saturday. Because at this point, it's it's wash, rinse, repeat. <laughs> so, defensively, I mean, I understand what Gannon's doing, playing two safeties high. He doesn't want to get beat over the top with the big plays. I get that, but you cannot do that when you have complete trash at the linebacker position, which is what we have at the linebacker position. I mean, these well, linebackers. You know, I mean, for me, defense is, is like 10th on my list of concerns. And, yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, don't have, they don't have great linebackers, but they're not giving up big plays. In theory, um, you know, it, this should work. But the problem is they're forced. The offense is so bad. The defense has been forced in the last two weeks to play 35 and 40 minutes. And I don't know. I don't know any defense that's going to hold up and well, it's uh, the Chip under Kelly that. thing. We saw it with Chip. They yeah, just got tired. Like it's just tough to be out there that long. Right, but but even when the linebackers like they consistently make contact, five to eight yards. They don't have. They don't have good linebackers. They don't have yeah, linebackers. Yeah, they get blown up. All right. So moving to the offense, in my opinion, I don't think Hertz has strong enough or uh, inaccurate enough arm to be an NFL quarterback. Um, I always hear about the intangibles with this guy, which I agree with. He checks all the intangible boxes. But that, that's rendered useless when you don't have the talent to back it up. And it, it, his best physical attribute, as far as I see, are his legs. And this idiot of a coach completely ignores it. I mean, it's criminally negligent on his part. Well, he's got like 53 carries. But, I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I don't think he's, he doesn't have a weak arm. I think it's his mechanics. I think his mechanics are all messed up. You see him throwing deep balls like off his back, off foot. his back yep. foot. That and interception, fading. the interception yeah. on the the Quez throw was was a back foot throw where you just kind of see him like lean right. back and heave it up. Hundred percent. So I mean, that. he he can throw the ball far. That's not the issue to me, but accuracy and and just setting his feet and getting his body into that deep ball yeah, you don't, you don't is a concern. Under throwing these deep balls. I mean, I see him underthrow a lot no, of no, deep balls. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying it's not a matter of arm strength. It's a matter of mechanics. Okay. But I mean, okay. it, it doesn't matter why it can is. Be, can if, be improved. Is the point? If he, if he doesn't have a strong enough arm, that that's a bigger issue than than the mechanics. And that's fair. I mean, Drew Brees didn't have a strong arm. Drew Brees won a Super Bowl. His longest completion in that game was 11 yards. Well, and also, but but you know, you have to. If you don't have a rocket, you got to put it where you. You know where you, you want to put it. Accurate. You can't be inaccurate and, and have your mechanics off and, and miss miss on. Guys. And look, I'm not a big like you know next gen data guy and all that. I don't go nuts with that stuff. But Hertz does throw the ball fast and hard. Like all those numbers say that he throws the ball hard. It's much more of a mechanics accuracy thing. Well, I, I mean, if it comes down to mechanics and coaching, I have absolutely no faith <laughs> in this in this coaching staff. So I'll end it with this, guys. Zach Ertz is a tried and true Philly guy for life. I love that man. Me too. You guys have a fantastic weekend. Always too, a Tom. pleasure, Tom. And and yeah, I'm I'm with him on Ertz. Yeah, real quick on the linebacker thing. Quick question for you: Do you with this scheme, a new scheme here again, and it does feel like we're seeing the deficiencies in linebackers show up in this scheme more than in the past? Is this something where you know Howie or whoever's in charge moving forward, whatever down the road that? The Eagles might have to adjust their their philosophy on linebackers because of the way the scheme is now. Well, it's interesting. Like they won a Super Bowl with like people say they never devote resources to linebackers. Nigel I Bradham. Mean, Nigel Bradham got a big contract, and Michael Kendricks was a second round pick. Yep. 
And, and Hicks was a third round pick. Uh, yeah, and and they both played. You know, Hicks got hurt, but he got hurt, but he was part of that team heading in. And yeah, all and Kendricks played really well in mm-hmm. seventeen. And, yep. he, and Bradham was crazy. I mean, that great. Panthers game was was the Nigel Bradham game. So I mean, they know it's just they they've devote, devoted everything to offense the last few years. They haven't dressed. So you you know, Davion, you can see them trying to try new things. Like Singleton didn't start Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Davion Taylor played more. Jannard Avery played more. Singleton played less than he's played in two years mm-hmm. as far as snaps and percentage of snaps. So they're trying different things. They just don't have the person. Jannard Avery might be their best linebacker. That's unbelievable. Which is unbelievable. unbelievable. How did it get to this point? But uh, you're right. I mean, they. it's a position that, you know, in, in, their, in their eyes, it's the last position in the, you know, if you ranked every position, yep. which I don't disagree with, but they, it's still – you still have to have functional people there. Now, I will say Singleton has been disappointing. He played well yeah, last year. He was year. good last year. So you kind of think, well, if he can just play the way he played last year, Davion Taylor can come in and maybe – but it just hasn't happened. So it's it's bad. It's Two, awful. 215-592-9494. Where do you stand after last night's – or excuse me, Thursday night's Eagles-Bucks game? Yesterday was like a blur. It's like it almost didn't happen. Uh, and, and coming up next, I want to get into to Zach Ertz. Obviously, the trade itself with Rube, but also, you know, Rube – has covered the Eagles for a long time. We all know, like, really good with the history of the Eagles and, and stats and information and all that. I want to get Rube's thoughts on on what kind – we all know Zach Ertz is an all-time Eagle. What kind of all-time Eagle is Zach Ertz? You know, where where does he rank in, in Eagles history, so to speak? That's coming up next, 215-592-9494. It's Rube and Frank in for Elliot James Seltzer. Go Birds Radio. And let me tell you that the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan. College and pro football, baseball, playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, and basketball. Bet with the best. The Park Sportsbook app. Live in-game betting lets you bet while you watch. It is a wild ride. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app. You can bet on individual player performances as they happen in basketball. You can bet player points, rebounds, in baseball, hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts every inning. In football, you can bet passing, rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more, plus same-game parlays, props, teasers, over-unders, and so much more. The app is fun. It's easy to use. It's intuitive. And more than anything, we're watching these games anyway. Like, we're watching football all day tomorrow. Why not have a little action on these games, make it a little bit more fun? And here's the deal for you. New customers sign up right now and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Do it now. Your first bet is risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. Let's go, Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Ruben Frank in for Elliott Shore Parks. James Seltzer with you till three. Going back to phones in a sec. Rube, what do you want to say about linebackers? Granted, the linebackers have been bad, but I blame the D-line even more because Ooh. they've underachieved. And this is outside suppo- of Javon Hargrave. Obviously. Outside of Hargrave. Yeah. This is supposed to be an elite defensive line that was going to take a lot of the pressure off the linebackers and kind of free them up to make, you know, to, to, to run around and make plays, but they haven't done that. Fletch has been disappointing. Derek Barnett's been awful. Sweat's been okay, but he's had moments, but I wouldn't say he's moments, been consistent. Has not been consistent. Kerrigan's been invisible. Literally. Has he made has he made a tackle yet? Are we still he at zero? That, he had that one tackle for loss in the uh, Carolina <laughs> game. 
the guy ran right into him like five yards behind the line of scrimmage. But so like the the, the D line, it's the highest paid D line, and obviously they miss BG, but it's the highest paid D line in the league, and they're not playing up to their potential. The linebackers are a bunch of special teamers that are kind of playing over their heads, and they're not good enough to to go out there and play without the D-line doing their job. It's a great point. Look, if you're going to build your team this way where you're going to put a lot of resources, draft and money into the defensive line and not into the linebackers, then you need to expect more out of the defensive exactly. line and less out of the linebackers. It's exactly. Not defending the linebackers, but your expectations of the D-line are so much higher. Absolutely. All right, 215-592-9494. In a minute, we're going to get Rube's thoughts on the Zach Ertz trade and where Zach Ertz ranks historically as an all-time Philadelphia Eagle. First, let's go to New York and talk to Billy. Hey, Billy. Hey, guys. How are you? What's up, Billy? Good. Um, I was actually, my call is about Zach Ertz, if that's okay. Perfect. Um, that's perfect, my friend. Because you're leading right into it, so uh, good timing. Um, yesterday, obviously, was a sad day coming off the loss and then finding out Ertz was traded. Um, I'm actually surprised it took this long because I thought for sure after that emotional interview he had, um, I believe it was early January. Yes, January, yeah. Um, he would have been gone a few weeks after that. I'm surprised even during the whole off season, I kept telling my father, I'm like, you know, why is he still here? You weren't then, the you know, only one, Billy. Zach felt the same <laughs> yeah. way. Exactly. I think everyone like, was surprised. What's going on? Yes, yes. Right. And actually, I know it's two different circumstances. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe when Dawkins left, he was a free agent when Denver signed him. I know yeah. two different scenarios when Erks got traded. But yesterday, I actually felt like Brian Dawkins leaving over, all over again. I don't you want know to the, compare. You know what the difference like was? Guys. To me, the difference between Doc and Reggie – was that the, it wasn't acrimonious, you know, and I think it was kind of a mutual agreed thing that's going to be better for both sides. And that made me really happy because when Doc left, I mean, it took him years. I don't think he's still gotten over he the is bitterness. Not over it. He's not over it still. No, I mean, hear we, it when he talks about it, like the tiniest bit of edge to his voice. Sure. And you know, so the Red, only thing that's keeping me, yeah, the only thing that's keeping me somewhat uh, okay is we have Goddard, you know, and we, he's shown what he can do. You know, when Dawkins left, I don't really think we had a – you know, like a, a safety that we can rely on to take his spot. It took a while to yeah. fill his spot. <laughs> yeah, Billy, uh, yeah, Billy, thanks for the call. And, yeah, uh, obviously very different situations with where the team was at when they let Dawkins go versus Ertz. But but let's get into the Ertz thing. Uh, first, you know, what did you think of the trade itself, but but then more importantly, Zach Stack's legacy here in Philly? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, for a guy that's 30, you're, not, you're just not going to get a whole lot. Um, but they got a fifth-round pick, which, as Howie mentioned, has been one of his better rounds. Yeah, hey. <laughs> which is kind of unfortunate, but, uh, you know, so – and you got a young cornerback who um, they like and, and who knows if he'll ever, you know, amount to anything. Um, they free up some cap space and you have some money available. So uh, the main thing, and I think this is where I give the, the franchise credit, is they accommodated his wishes – and they did it in a way that allowed him to play one last game at home. In Which front is of the crazy, fans. by the way. It's like, crazy. That, but I can't believe that they, they let him play one more game with a trade on the table. But to your point, they did it for him. Yeah, they did it for him. It was important to him. He got to catch a touchdown. You know, when he thought that Washington game at the end of last year would be his last game, there were no fans in the season. Yeah. Not one. And he didn't want it to end that way. And this is a special guy who's meant so much to the organization. And the fact that Howie and, and, and Jeff Lurie agreed to – you know, Zach's kind of conditions um, speaks a lot for how how much Zach means to the franchise. Um, But to put his career in perspective, I mean, just 
They, you, know, you don't win the Super Bowl without him. Nope. I, no one's made more big catches in the Eagle than Zach Ertz. And, no one. I mean, I think the fourth down catch with five and a half minutes left, as as great as the, the, the touchdown was. Yeah, the fourth down catch was the play. That was the play. and that might They don't be, win the game without that play. They don't win the game. Literally. They're, they're down. I mean, they're at their own 45. And Brady's going to score. Brady's I mean, going to score two plays. Him. Yeah. And, it was the most important play of the game that no one ever talks about. Right. And. What was crazy about it was Foles was under Foles does a little sidestep move. Like, it is such an impressive move for Foles, like, who is not the most mobile guy. Very nimble back there to get out of that that pressure there, like sidestepping it. Yeah, it was number 90 on the Patriots. What was his name? Malcolm Malcolm something. I can't remember his last name. But uh, number 90 came in, got right through the line. Malcolm Brown, maybe? Yeah, I think think it was. And – and he just lobbed it over his head, and, and, you know, Ertz went up, and, you know, because he had to throw it high, yep. not as high as, Her- as Hertz would throw it, <laughs> but, but he has a tendency of overthrowing his tight ends, which is why it's good Tyree Jackson. He's like yeah, 6'10", buddy, so yeah. maybe he'll – but uh, it, it was – that's the most incredible play ever. I, that's the most – that's my favorite play in the Super Bowl, including – I mean, the Philly special. There's so many, yeah. but that fourth down, because, yeah, you're right. If, if they don't complete that pass, the game's over. Yep. You just lost the Super Bowl. So – uh, you know, I think he's a top 20 Eagle. Obviously, he's the greatest tight end in, in Eagles history. Um, One of their best pass catchers in history, right? 10, 10 I mean, catches short of Harold Carmichael's yeah. record, which, you know, I've been updating it for years on, well, you're 112 behind at your current, <laughs> you know, your current pace. You'll do, and if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, yeah, he would have passed it. Yep. And I, I had this idea last night. It was like 1 in the morning. I was like, wait a minute. If we include postseason catches, maybe he has more than Harold. So I looked it up, and he's, he's like six behind. So Get out of here. So, you know, Harold was a really good postseason player, yeah, and they were sure. in the playoffs uh, a lot of those years. But uh, Zach, you know, Zach has like uh, – he's got like 24 postseason catches, but he still can't catch Harold. But you know what? Um, he, he's, he's, an, he's an all-timer, yeah. and um, he'll, it was incredible that how he just announced he'll be in the Eagles Hall of Fame, which you kind of know. Oh, it was a no-brainer, but But for still, him to say that – I don't ever remember them doing that. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah, so – they're, you know they 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 got a lot of years to to put that together and plan his his return. But um, one of my favorite players, and you know what I like most about Zach Ertz, you remember that everyone remembers the Bengals game in '16. Of course, the miss block, the, the miss block, sure. and you know what he took a lot of grief for that, and and he can see he admitted we talk, I don't think we talked to him after the game, but he said next time we saw him at practice on Wednesday, he said you know I've got to be better than that, and he did. He changed the way he played, and you know he he was never going to be like this. You know, blocker he, guy, big blocker line of scrimmage tight end, but he became tougher. He didn't shy away from contact. He he would put his helmet down and try to get extra yards, and he really changed the way. It was only a year and a, two months from Cincinnati to the Super Bowl, and and the way he he took the criticism to heart, which some players around here haven't done. James. Oh yeah, I can't think of anybody no. in particular, <laughs> uh, but he took the criticism to heart, and it made him better. And he, you know, when, when we talked to him yesterday, he said, you know, I took a lot of heat, and I deserved it, and it made me a better player. And Philadelphia fans, they knew what my deficiencies were. I knew what they were, and I attacked them, and I got better. And I just think the world of him for, you know, because so many players shy away from that. And, you know, they, they don't understand that maybe they're not a perfect player. Maybe they do need to get better. Maybe some of the criticism they hear is granted, is warranted. Zach Ertz took it to heart and became a better player. And... Uh, it's so nice. Like people used to just rip on him, and uh, it's so nice that we don't hear that anymore because of the way he changed and the player he became. Yeah, I I thought that the answer he gave yesterday, talking about that specific thing, talking about 
you know, why he loves Philadelphia and the fans and they just expect greatness out of you, expect you to work your hardest and do your best and get better. And he's like, I love that. It made me better. I thought it was so well said. And, and as good as I've heard an athlete describe the dynamic between the fans and a player in Philadelphia, I, I thought I would agree with that. He just, and he just gets it. If anyone missed that quote, I tweeted the entire quote out. It was too long, so I had to take a type it up and take a screenshot mm-hmm. of it. I tweeted it out last night, so yeah, check it out. It was at Ruben MBSN MBSCN NBC Sports NBCS yes okay at Rube R O B on Twitter. So check that out. I thought it was an amazing answer. And look, there's only one person who will ever have ever caught the first game-winning Super Bowl game-winning touchdown catch for the Philadelphia Eagles. It will always and forever be Zach Ertz. So. Uh, really. And one of only one of only five players to catch a game winning touchdown in the Super Bowl in the last two and a half minutes. I think wow. that, it's like you know John Taylor. Um, I, I think San Antonio uh, Holmes, San Antonio would be on uh, list. or Plaxico. Um, oh, with the Giants, yeah, for sure. Plaxico, yeah. After the Asante, yep. Was the, yep. Um, I think uh, well, John Taylor was the most famous one. Um, San Antonio Holmes is up there too. I mean, that was yeah. a pretty famous one too. Yeah, I think Danny. I, th- I think the, the other one. I think might be Danny Amendola. Hmm. But yes, yeah, it's it's, it's a elite company, and you know I think he's got. I think if he gets to seven hundred catches, which I think he has a chance to do, playing with Kyler Murray, and we'll see where he ends up next year. Hopefully, it's with the Cards. I'd like to see that happen. But if he gets to seven hundred catches, uh, I think he's got a real shot at Canton. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go back to the phones if you want to chime in on the Zach Ertz trade or Zach Ertz's legacy. Of course, feel free. Let's go to Ocean City and talk to Chris. Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? What's up, Rube? Hey, what's going on? Um, so I just wanted to talk to you guys a bit about the narrative surrounding Hurts and Sirianni's response to them, which don't make sense to me. I'd just love to get your take. Um, yeah, what do you got? So on the one hand, we hear so much about Hurts' high football IQ, that he's the son of a coach, loves the game, first in, last out. And it's like, if that's true, then why are we running a vanilla defense solely out of the shotgun that consists mainly of wide receiver screens and scramble drills? Vanilla then, offense. on the other hand, yeah, and then on the other hand, there's talk about, like, well, Hertz isn't processing as fast. We need to keep him the shotgun so he can have easier reads. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then why are you making him account for 85% of the offense and <laughs> refuse to run the ball? So I just don't understand that of those two narratives, Sirianni's coaching doesn't seem to follow either of them, and it just makes it so hard to figure out what's going on. And just would love to hear your guys' take on that. No, I, I agree, and I mean, I, like, if you asked me to characterize the Eagles' offense, I, I couldn't do it. And <laughs> Nick couldn't do it. <laughs> I, 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 could, I couldn't tell you what they're trying to do, what you know, what what their goal is. I, I couldn't articulate it because I don't think there is one. And um, you know, I think when and and we touched on this earlier when you're talking about a young 23 year old quarterback who you know he's got eight, nine, ten starts in his career. You need to take advantage of what he does well, and I don't either. Either Nick doesn't know what he does well, or doesn't understand it, or isn't able to scheme it, transfer that into yeah. a into a game plan and a scheme. And you're right, and it's. I mean, he does have some ability. I do think he's a very smart guy, which you need to be if you're not. I mean, he look, he's not a prototypical size wise, and you know. Accuracy yeah, he's not 6'5", yeah. with a cannon. So if, that, if yeah. you have to make up with that with smarts, and I think he has that. I think he's able to, 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 to diagnose things. I think the biggest concern for me with, with Hertz is he's not going through his progression. Uh, he's, you know, he's locking in on one guy, and if that guy's covered, he's taking off and running. And, you know, I, I thought by now he would be doing better in that area, and he's not. And, and I don't think the coaching staff's doing anything to help him. 
And I'm also curious, do you as members of the media, do you have opportunity to speak to position coaches like the quarterback's coach and ask more direct questions about that? Yeah, that's a great question. We call, are Chris. thanks for the call, bud. We haven't talked to Brian Johnson since the spring. Why? That's weird, right? I know yeah. you guys like you used to be in the locker room and be able to kind of catch guys and talk well, to them. Well, you can't do that now. It's it's weird, and part of it they usually do it at some point. Put assistance out there. I yeah, know. they're not doing that anymore, and we're kind of I don't know, I don't want to get into the details, but we're sure. kind of working through how to how to do this with the part of it's the protocols, sure. and part of it is. I just don't think they want us to to talk to these guys. And but he would be an interesting guy to talk to. He sure to. would be. I mean, especially I, with his history with Hertz. You yeah. know, like we talked to Stoutland a few weeks ago, but I think he's the only assistant or position coach we've talked to um, since the season started. But I would love to talk to Brian Johnson. And yeah, I should put in a request for that this week. Two one five five. Good idea. Yeah, way to go, Christian Northern City. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where you have it, the Eagles. After the Thursday night loss versus the Bucks, the Zach Ertz trade all on the table. It's Reuben Frank in for Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer, Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. James Seltzer, Reuben Frank in for Elliot Short Parks. And if I do say so myself, it's a better show. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. It just is what it is, you know. I mean, no offense, Elliot, but, you know, it's Reuben. It's a legend. <laughs> Got a legend in with us today. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Where do you stand with the Eagles after Thursday night's again an ugly six point loss? It really, I can't believe they only lost by six points. It really felt like it didn't feel like no. That. It felt but like I'll a tell twenty you what, point. I loss. would love to know if if they started running the ball earlier. And I know Tampa's got a good run defense, but that's when you, you know what? You stick with it. Yep. Two yards here, one yard here. You keep trying. Miles kind of gets the feel for the defense. You wear him down. You beat him down. You got those big, you know, road graders on the O-line. And before you know it, you're, you know, you're, you're getting something going and just never had a chance totally. to see Totally. And we're also talking about how good it is for a young quarterback to, to run the ball and help him out. How about a young offensive line? I mean, other than Kelsey, it's a bunch of kids out there now. Like, get those guys going. Give them some run block. And every offensive lineman wants to run block. Like, get them going, too. There are just so many reasons for the health of this offense that running the ball just makes a lot of sense. It's crazy. You know, Miles is third in the NFL since he came into the league in yards per touch. Is he really? Yeah. Wow. Which is which is incredible. It's I, shocking. I know he's had some long runs in there, which probably helped, but still. Well, they do help. Yeah. They help a lot. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, because that's who he is. He's a big play guy, and he's just not getting the opportunities. It's mind-blowing to me. If I was Miles, and he says the right stuff every time we talk to him. He doesn't. But he's got to be so frustrated. He's such a playmaker. And, and he's, like, not necessarily contract year, but in a sense contract year, getting to the point where he can get offered a contract after the season. He's a running back. Their contracts are – if he, t- at best, to begin with, like, right. he is trying to make money right now. But you know what? I don't think this is going to hurt his value. I think it might even help Cause him. Because he doesn't have as much wear and tear. Doesn't so have as much wear and tear. Thought. And I think people know how good he is. But, you you know, most running backs going into year four, they're going to have, like, you know, 850 Absolutely. touches. He's going to be half that. It's crazy. So, I, I think a team looks at him and says, like he's going to be like a second-year guy when it comes to how, how much he's played. It's fascinating. I have a question for Rube coming up about the running game and the role of a person in the running game because I want to get Rube's thoughts on this as someone who's covered the team for a very long time. That's coming up in a minute. First, let's go to Vancouver and talk to our buddy Tom. Hey, Tommy. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, Tom. Yeah, Rube, it's great to have you around again. Well, I appreciate that. You know, um, the Eagles played Seattle one time, and um, me and our columnist, I think it was um, – Phil John Ficaro was his name. We drove up to Vancouver, and um, we ended up in the old hockey arena, which was downtown. I don't remember the name of it, but they were having the 
we just walked in. They were having the all-star skills competition. Get out of here. And we sat there. We, we, we bought a bunch odds? of Vancouver Canucks gear and watched the, uh, the all-star skills competition. Um, in, in Vancouver. That? What a beautiful city, man. I loved it up there. Yeah, and Vancouver beating the Flyers last night. Congrats, Tommy, on that one. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm such a Philly fan, and I'm from Montreal originally, so okay. it's the, uh, yeah, I, I, I would have been, I, I would have been indifferent on that one, but on all, all of other Rube's points, uh, thanks very much. Totally, totally agree, and you know, you guys are you're welcome to. Uh, I'd be more than pleased to show you around, take you out for uh, a meal if uh, you ever to come back. Love it. Uh, so appreciate that. Okay, now um, this the Brian Johnson idea. That by the way, that was great. So whoever the caller was, please call again. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to Christian, Chris in Ocean City. It's great. Yeah, All right, work Chris on in Ocean City. Right on. Now the linebackers. Uh, I also think that uh, aren't they playing a little bit far off the ball? it seems like they're always just a little bit late. And yes, they're, you know, you could say they're mediocre linebackers, but I don't think they're as bad as the position they're being put in. Yeah, I think they're bad. But how much bad. of that is scheme? Are they, are they, you know, because look, it does, to Tom's point, whether they're getting blocked back or are just far back, it does feel like they're just, you know, five to six yards for the running back every time before a linebacker even hits them practically. Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I haven't noticed that in particular. I mean, this whole defense is predicated on not giving up big plays and keeping the ball in front of you. And, um, and to do that, you have to tackle well. And that's something the linebackers have not done consistently this year. So, you know, it's like we'll give you three, four yards, make a tackle, and, and you know, line up and try to stop you again. So I think that's the thinking. So, okay, so at a higher level, I think that this is what you get when you hire people who have no track record. And this is now the worst-case scenario where they're a mediocre team and we don't have enough information to really evaluate if it's worth keeping certain players. Uh, we don't know if it's, like, the coaching staff, if it's the players or all the rest of it. And even the silver lining isn't great. Because Howie doesn't seem to do a great job with his picks. So even if they do poorly and we end up with high picks, that's not great either. Well, so, and, that's really depressing. But <laughs> you're right. And, and um, yeah, you're totally right. And that's one of my big concerns is that, you know, how accurately can we, especially with Jalen, how accurately can we evaluate him when the coach isn't doing him any favors. Yeah. And not, not not when the coach is, like, deterring him. It's deterring not he's just him. doing him favors. Yeah. It's, it's further than that. He's actually harming our ability, harming his ability to show what he can show. Fair. That's fair. And I, and I think at the other positions, I think we can evaluate people fairly. Um, the receivers, it's a little harder. But, you know, you can see, I mean, like, Jalen Rager is is just not making plays. I don't think it's because of Hurts. I think it's just he's just not very mm -hmm. good. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's It makes it so much harder when the coach is struggling to evaluate anybody, but I think it's hardest with, with the quarterback. Okay. I've got two quick questions and I'll hang up and let you guys answer them. Is there any legitimacy to concerns that Lurie and Howie are telling uh, Sirianni to run the ball? Well, Tom, you're, Tom, you're, you're getting to my tease. What's your second question? The second question is who do you think is the better coach team right now? The Raiders or the Eagles? <laughs> Great call as always, Tommy. I guess we'll find out how Rich uh, Basilica, Basay, whatever his name is, the special teams coach, can handle it on uh, on Sunday for the Raiders. But but to his first point, that's what I was going to ask you before when I, when I teased it coming out of the break, um, because we hear this a lot on, on this radio station, and it's from reporting. You know, they're off in the off season. Great reporting. Jeff McLean did a lot of it. All that about the involvement of Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman with 
the on the field stuff, you know, the the game day decisions, the roster decisions, and and the whole story about Doug Peterson and after that game in Green Bay, uh, they went to Jeffrey and Jeffrey was upset they ran the ball so much, even though they won it, and all this stuff. Forgetting the specific reporting, as someone who's covered Jeffrey Lurie basically the entire time he's been here, how how much of the the what we see on the field, the scheme, the lack of running. How much of that do you think is influenced by an organizational philosophy that comes from Jeffrey Lurie down? Well, and that's what it is. So when I mean, obviously Howie and Jeffrey aren't calling plays; right. they're not course, telling Nick yes. don't run the ball. Um, but what they do when they're looking for a head coach, they're looking for someone, and every team does this. They're looking for somebody whose philosophy aligns with their philosophy. Now, Jeff Lurie believes that to to win regularly in the NFL, you need to throw the ball and have a high power. Offense, which is true, but it that doesn't mean, and I think Jeffrey would agree, it doesn't mean that you don't run the ball at all. So I, you know, there's there's a disconnect between look, the NFL is sixty seven percent throwing to thirty three percent running right now. That's that's what the ratio is sixty five sixty. So it's right in there, and they're nowhere near that. I mean, they're like ninety eight to two. Yeah. So. There's a there's a philosophy that isn't wrong that a high powered offense wins in the NFL over building around a running game or a running back, uh, and I think when they interview coaches that they're looking for somebody whose philosophy is along those lines. Uh, but as far as you know, micromanaging day to day, they're not doing that. Nick's doing that himself, and you know, I think we're. I mean, I think Nick deserves the blame, all of it, because and I'll tell you what, if if you if you were, you know, if you had truth serum with Jeff Lurie, he would tell you he can't stand this play calling. Wow. I would tell I I mean, I, I don't think he's wrong. I think we would all agree with that, but but that's I would tell, interesting I would, to hear. I would guess, knowing Jeffrey for, for twenty seven years, that he is not happy at huh. all with, with what he sees. Now it's five, it's six games. What does that mean for seventeen you know, we'll we'll see. Um but there's no way he's happy with what he sees. I mean, how did they win the Super Bowl? Jay Ajay yeah, and, and LeGarrette yeah, Blunt, Blunt were such a huge part of that Absolutely. team. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that team didn't get rolling until they got Jay Ajay at the trade deadline. Well, and we all remember that team really went on a run after that Kansas City game with the whole run the ball, Doug, thing. And then that Chargers game, they come out and run it all over the Chargers. They have that last drive where they, they run out the game and just, like, destroy their will. And that became part of their, uh, dare I say it, identity as an offense for the rest of that season. In the Super Bowl, if you add up the total yards that running backs had with Ajay, LeGarrette, Corey Clement had 100 receiving yep. yards, and Wendell Smallwood had a role in that team too. They had something like 267 yards from scrimmage in the Super Bowl. And that's, you know, and, and that's what won Jeffrey Lurie a trophy. 215-592-9494. Coming up next, we will get to your calls. We'll run calls next segment. Where do you stay on the Eagles after that game on Thursday night? Where do you stay on Nick Sirianni and, and Jalen Hurts and the evaluation of those guys six games into the season? It's Ruben Frank in for Elliott Tour Parks, James Seltzer. Go Birds Radio. And again, let me remind you that the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan, college and pro football, baseball, playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, basketball, and so much more. You can bet with the best. The Park Sportsbook app has live in-game betting, which lets you bet while you watch, it's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app. You can bet on individual player performances as they happen in basketball, bet player points, bet rebounds, assists in baseball, hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, inning by inning in football. You can bet passing, rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more. Plus, same game parlays, props, teasers, over-unders, and 
And as I always say, like, you're watching these games anyway. They're just more fun if you have a few bucks on them. It, it is what it is. You're just more invested, and this is such a fun way to do it. And here's the deal, new customers. If you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. A $500 risk-free bet. Do it now. Your first bet is risk-free up to $500. <laughs> just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS, that's G-O-B-I-R-D-S, to get your risk-free bet, which is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. One hour down, one hour to go for Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks out today. Ruben Franken, James Seltzer with you. Reacting to Thursday night's ugly Eagles loss to the Bucks. Where we're at with Sirianni Hurts. Let's get the uh, let's take the temperature of the callers. Rube two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's get some calls in. Let's head to Morristown and talk to my buddy Ray. How you doing, Ray? James and Ruben, my two favorite guys. How are you? What's up, Bob? What are the odds your two favorite guys would be together today? Isn't that a beautiful you know thing? what a what a wonderful coincidence? Because Ruben <laughs> and I go back to his days at the Burlington County Times. And James, you know I just love your energy. When you and ESP are on, it's just Thanks, it's a great tandem you guys have on there today. That's Thanks. wonderful. Maybe we can get that going again next time Elliot decides to uh, take a vacation. <laughs> Hopefully it takes a lot. Well, as, uh, as the great black gritty called uh, Elliot Short Parks once upon a time, Elliot part-time parks, never true. That sounds today. about right. That sounds about right. Guys, listen, I want to talk a little bit. I mean, give me a little dispensation today because there's just so much to talk about with the birds, and I, I can't get to all of it, but – um, I just want to talk about a little bit about what we're hearing. We, we, we hear a lot of people talking about the quarterback and that he's not a, uh, a player in the NFL. Listen, folks, he is playing in the NFL. The fact that he's gotten this far proves that he's earned at least uh, that, that much. And, you know, when you listen to people say, oh, he can't throw the ball, he's not, he doesn't have the Jalen Hurts throws a nice ball. How many uh, touchdowns have we seen over the last – four or five weeks that have been reversed or taken back because the receiver didn't do something they were supposed to do, a, a dumb penalty. Folks, the guy can throw the football. Let's just get that out of your minds. I've been watching football for 40 years. The kid can throw the ball. That's not the issue. The issue is a little bit with the accuracy, timing of these players. And I just want to bring something up that I don't hear anybody talking about. Let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just for a second and just the, the, what I call the Tom Brady effect. Uh, and when this man goes to any team, there is an expectation that his guys are going to play and they're going to show up and they're going to perform hard. I saw guys diving. When they fell, for, fell on the ground, they fell forward for like another two or three yards. Well, I mean, Leonard Fournette's always played the game that way. I mean, he's a tough runner. They I mean, do, he, but that, but he played like do. that in Jacksonville or, you know. Before but they all do, Ruben. We've had Charles Johnson and Torrance Smalls that were bums when they were on the Eagles here. Then they go to the uh, New England and become Super Bowl champions. There is an expectation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think Charles you... John. I don't think either of those guys were, were a Super Bowl champion. Charles team. Johnson and Torrance Small never did anything anywhere. Torrance Small caught well, a ninety-eight they... yard pass for the Saints once, but that was about it. Well, you, they, what, which one of them went to a New England? Neither. Wasn't Charles Johnson went uh, to? Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. But I don't think. I think so. you are. Just check that out. But I'm just saying, there's an expectation when you're, and even you, you see what he's done uh, with, with with Brown. You know, he had him come live at his house, be part of his family. He indoctrinated him. He changed his 
personality. This guy was a bum when he was with Pittsburgh and everywhere else he went after there, they tried to make it work, but it worked when he got Tom. It's just something about Tom Brady. And when you play with him, everybody's game steps up a couple of levels and you don't see that here on the Eagles. You just don't. Yeah. Right. Great call. I I get your point. I do think that I, I, some of it, I don't agree with the Charles Johnson, (laughs) but I, I do think that, look, I think Brady demands excellence from the people he plays with, but Tom Brady is also the greatest player in the history of the sport. He's got seven Super Bowl rings. Like, yeah, you're probably going to be more beholden to someone like that. You're going to try a little harder or listen to them a little more than you might a 23-year-old kid. The Bucks just have a better experience. roster than the Eagles. Well, they have better too. players. I mean, that was my, honestly, and we haven't gotten into it, but that was my biggest takeaway from the night when you're watching that game. That, I mean, obviously Sirianni, but just just how outclassed the Eagles were. Like, it's it's this roster is so much more talented than the Eagles roster. Uh, but I also do think that the, the roster is more talented then you then can they've tell. Gotten, yeah, well, because especially on offense, because of the coaching. I mean, yeah, it is what it exactly. is. They are not. And again, I CJ played one year for the Patriots and caught fourteen passes. There you go. So it was, I guess, right that he went to the Patriots, he did. but certainly not a, a Super Bowl champion type player. But regardless, I, I, I do think. That, and again, I go back to what I said before. That's what's so alarming with the point you just made about there being more talent on the offense than the production that we're getting from the offense. And Nick Sirianni being the guy who came in and said, my whole thing is I'm going to play to all these guys' strengths. And it seems like he's not doing it all. And that is a, a real concern. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Overbrook Park and talk to my buddy Rob. How you doing, Rob? What's up, Jimmy? What a pleasure. Good to hear your voice, man. How are you? It's good to hear you, too. Hey, Ruben, how you doing? What's going on, Bob? I, I got some uh, I got some, uh, some, some thoughts about the Eagles, and then I want to ask Ruben a question at the end. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, he's here because uh, Howie Roseman likes to keep a, a broken down old player around. And uh, <laughs> I mean, Kerrigan and, uh, played Jason well Peters, last year. Jason he Peters just he, he doesn't have anything left. I mean, Kerrigan had six sacks last year in limited playing time, so he's making minimum wage. I mean, obviously he's not producing, but I mean, he's the least of the issues just because. Well, right, yeah, that, that's Howie Roseman's weakness. He likes to keep a bum around. Uh, Nick Seriani, his uh, interview, when he went to the interview, he said, like, Jeffrey, I want to tell you about my brothers and my father and all these great football stories. He said, look, are you going to do what we tell you to do? <laughs> yes, sir. You're hired. What about my stories? Yeah. Tell it to the press. Well, Rob, that's a, that we haven't gotten Rube's thoughts on that, and I think it is something interesting in the sense that, Rube, I think, you know, and you, you do shows here, you know this, but I think there are a lot of people who think the single biggest reason that Nick Seriani got hired was because he was someone who would be a yes man for Jeffrey and Howie. Do you think there's validity to that? You know, That's I, I, do I don't. Here. I don't yeah. like. I don't like the phrase "yes man." I think any any coach needs to have a good relationship with the owner and the GM, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I don't. But that I, he's malleable for them. That he's someone they thought rather than bringing in, like for example, the Josh McDaniels. That that other uh, Josh you know, McDaniels would have been a disaster. But, whatever. But my he point, was never going to get the regardless, job. Regardless, I'm just saying or, as an example or, or of someone. Hold on, Rob. Rob, one sec. Yeah, someone who's going to come in and 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 not necessarily kowtow to what Jeffrey and Howie want to do, like. Nick Sirianni, as a forty-year-old, never had coached before, excited to be here. I, th- I think like there is they, an element of that. Every every head coach Jeff has ever hired has been a first-time head coach, and I think he likes to invent guys. He likes to. He was trying to recreate the Andy Reid thing. He was, uh, you know, a highly regarded position coach that nobody had heard of, um, that came from a successful place who uh, people spoke highly of. I mean, look, p- people. Other than Jeff Lurie and Harry Roseman thought this was a great hire. I mean, people around the league speak really highly of Nick, Nick Sirianni. He just has been, uh, he you know, it's been awful so far. But I mean, I I, I don't buy I don't buy that. I don't I don't think. Look, I've 
I know how Jeff Lurie thinks. He likes to uh, he likes to discover a guy, invent a guy. Uh, you know, I created Andy Reid out of nothing, and and I think he believed he was doing the yeah, same thing. Like and again, it's six weeks, you know, and it's it's too too soon to. I mean, what was Andy after six weeks? One and five his first year. I'm not saying but, but that Andy. But, but, but no, so but so Andy we don't we don't know had, we don't know football. we don't yeah. know what, you know the, what how it's going to play out. So far, it doesn't look good. But um, as the yes man stuff, I, I don't buy it. But Ruben, the, the difference between that between Andy and this guy is. You can see Andy had a plan. After six weeks, Andy could tell you what his plan was. This guy, after six weeks, couldn't tell you if he can tie his own shoes. Yeah, Andy didn't and say much thing. after six but weeks. I mean, we, we didn't know. Binder. It's easy to say in retrospect, you know, oh, we all knew Andy was going to be successful after. That's no, not I didn't the know case. It, but I, That's not the case. Him talking. No, Andy and didn't say anything. I mean, Andy, but I mean Andy that alone might put be better than, than some of the stuff Sirianni said. Oh, like, I'm absolutely. And also, like Andy came in and there was discipline, there was toughness. At least you felt like that. That well, was there. They had the pieces in place on defense. True. I mean, that was the that was the big. They had a great defense. Rob, what's your question for Rube? Oh, real quick before I get to the, my question for Rube, um, I think that this guy reminds me of another really bad coach he had here. Uh, 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 with Randall Cunningham and uh, that, that cost us a couple of Super Bowls. Uh, talking about Rich Cotite? No, not Rich Cotite. The one after uh, a guy. He was, the co- he was Ray the Rhodes was after Rich Cotite. No, uh, I'm talking about uh, he came here from Chicago. Buddy, uh, Buddy Ryan. Ryan. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible coach that guy was. And you know his thing was, oh, put Randall out there and let him make some plays. And I, I see the same All thing right. happening here with what, this kid. What's your question for Rube, Rob? Oh, wait, when you guys have these uh, these press conferences with these guys. Could you ask some tougher questions that maybe the fans would like to hear? Rob, good call. No, you know what? I'm going to ask the questions that a professional asks. It's not about going in there and, you know, being a tough guy and then, you know, getting fired. So I I, actually, to be honest, I actually think Eagles reporters do a really, really good job of this, better than any other group in the city and better than most when you listen to press conferences from other teams. I think Eagles reporters are actually on the tougher end in terms of questions they ask. I would agree with that. I think at least but, that's know, my interpretation. People want us to go in there and make fools of ourselves and you know start screaming and yelling. We can't do that because we won't be at the next press conference. Yeah, and also again, it does come. Look, I will. There are definitely times where, like, you could tell that a question is asked that is specifically for a story or whatever, and I get that. But there's a time where you want them to keep firing certain questions or whatever. I get it. I think we all can have complaints and stuff, but I think on the whole, I think it's an unfair complaint. I think for the most part, especially when. There are big stories when there are things you want to hear. I think Eagles reporters do a really good job of getting to the heart of what, what the matter is. Let's go to Springfield and talk to Bob. Hey, Bobby. Hold on one second. Whenever you're ready. Take it off the speaker. Hey, guys. Hey, James. How are you, buddy? Good, Bob. How are you, pal? Good. Ruben, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, uh, listen, um, you know, I'm, I'm not that down on – on the coach, I'm really not. I'm going. I'm going to give him some time. You have to. He's young, six games. You know, I am worried about the quarterback because I honestly think that they're not giving him everything he needs to succeed. And what I mean by that is forcing him to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game when he has two good or very good running backs. And 
So I I really my I have a question for you to end Ruben too, but I really think that um uh you know, we could have three picks in the top ten next year, realistically. You know, or at least the top twelve. And I really would like to just use them on defense, you know, somebody that's going to take over Fletcher and somebody and two linebackers maybe, but, um, you know, can you I, imagine the Eagles taking two yeah, linebackers in the top yeah, 10? Yeah, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't count, count on, on it. that. Yeah. Well, well, what I'm saying, Edge I rushers, know, Bob. Edge rushers. Jerry Robinson, I know I, I've been an Eagle fan forever, but, um, but I'm with no, you. I, I understand did. your point. It would be awesome if the, if Jalen Hurts could prove enough this year that he's the guy so that those picks can be used to bolster the roster rather than worrying about trying to use him to get a quarterback. Right. And I and I see how he is like he's got his primary. If that primary's not open, he's gonna take off. But I think because teams know Eagles aren't gonna run. Yeah. And no, they I think can it all it all plays into it. Bob, what's your what's your question for Rube? Hey Ruben, this is this is off a little bit. It's a hockey question. Okay, Ruben loves hockey. Hockey question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Out of these three, who was the toughest fighter? Ben Wilson, Glenn Cochran, or Dave Brown? Thanks for the call, Bobby. They were all about even. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna. How'd you pick three guys who are exactly the same? Unbelievable. You know when Turtle used to produce produce me. And somebody called with a hockey question. I just I would sit back, turn my mic off. Let Turtle get so Let excited. Turtle answer. Get Turtle yeah. be like, "Ooh, hockey question!" I'll and nobody that. ever realized he was answering the questions. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, you didn't tell? <gasps> no. Really? I just, Turtle would just answer. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. That's actually really funny. <laughs> it's like, man, that's great. Uh, Two one five. That's I think maybe the first hockey question we've ever gotten on Go Birds. Radio, I will so. say this. I will say this. I I don't think they're gonna if they do keep off. All three picks. I don't think they'll all be defense. I, oh, you no can't way. go into it like that. Well, I mean, and, and like, like you mentioned it before, but look at the last, you know, five drafts or whatever. Like they just have not, and they need to, but they have not used high picks on defensive players. But I do agree with the philosophy of let's put as many pieces on offense in place as possible to help, J- like Devontae instead of Micah Parsons, for sure. instance. I sure. totally agree with Me that. Too. Uh, gain well. Let's get as much help Dickerson. Let's get as much help on offense and try to have a reasonably good offense and so we can get the fairest picture of Jalen. Now, it hasn't really happened that way because the coaching has been bad. Uh, but obviously, they do need some help on defense. But, um, you know, the the fact that the, the quarterback class in college is not Maybe what we thought it was. I mean, yeah. Look at Rattler. I mean, who, Rattler was everyone's like number one pick. He's going to lose his job. I thought he was a number one. I mean, I did a mock draft in yeah. April for next year's draft. He was my number one guy. He's not even playing anymore. No, he lost his job. He lost He's his a job. backup now. And there's some, you know, there's some interesting guys, but they're all projects. Yeah. yeah. So like Bryce Young and all these guys. There's yeah. no one who just pops off the page and it's like go to that's the day guy. one starter. Yeah. So the notion that. You know, that might change their thinking. Now, you could go out. Can you go out and trade for a guy? Like a Russell Wilson or one of those type of names that we hear each year. Right. The, you know, but how many guys like that are going to be many. available? I mean, I'm still Rogers not going to. Rodgers and Russell. And Rodgers, like, with this roster, makes zero sense. Like, at least Wilson's young enough where you can build around him. Even what's, then, what's doesn't Russell, make a 31? ton of sense. 31. Even then, that doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, ideally. He's 32. He'll be 33 yeah, next and month. coming off his first real injury that he's ever had. He's never missed a game till now. 
but also the idea that like it just would make sense to to build with a young quarterback with a young uh, a seemingly about to be young roster like that transition like if you could find the young guy that would that would be ideal but your point holds it's it's not supposed to be a special i mean it doesn't look like it's going to be a special draft for those guys i mean the notion that this may be jalen hurts only year you know might not be true because well, they might they might not be in a position to get someone else to play. That's a, that's a really interesting point where it's almost organizationally you say let's give Hertz one more year. See, I mean, can you imagine? But it is you're right because I have really looked at this as a, a one year shot, a one year trial for Jalen Hurts at least in my mind, especially with the way it seemed like how not enamored they were with him to begin with. So it's it's a really and then there's Minshew. I mean, because I you know I don't he's not he I don't think he's bad. I think and he's, he's an young. NFL quarterback. Like, I think he's someone who could start for a team. And he is under contract. Next yeah. Year. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I thought, I mean, I thought just value-wise it was a great trade no matter what. Oh, absolutely. The asset is worth more than what you gave up to get him. So. Sure. But, yeah, it's an interesting one, too. Let's go to Los Angeles and talk to Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, um, you know, this isn't why I was calling, but real quick, you bring up a good point, Ruben, and, and James, you're talking about the quarterbacks. Is I was thinking the same thing. You, there's no magic guy to trade for. I think it's a dose of reality for Eagles fans because look at the Washington Redskins. I was thinking about this. Washington the football team. team. Thought, oh, sorry. That's right. Yeah, Washington true, football team, a team that thought they were ascending, that made the playoffs, that thought they had a great defense. And I, granted, they don't, but they thought they did. And they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick going into the year, meaning those are your options in the NFL. If you don't, if if uh, Watson doesn't want to go somewhere besides Miami, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to come to Philly, so I think everybody's got to get off this idea that um, some rookie next year is going to come in and solve everything. I think you have to coach up Jalen Hurts. But hey, the reason I the reason I called is yeah, um, I mean, he, if you ask me, who's most likely to be the Eagles' starting quarterback opening day, twenty twenty two? It's Jalen Hurts. I agree. Hundred uh, percent, and, and whether we like it or not, and, and I like Jalen, but he's got to get coached up. But I, I agree that that's what the market is showing. Um, hey, Mark Sanchez had a great line the other day before the game started. He said, "In Philly, they don't drive judge you game to game; they judge you drive to drive." And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? He's right." Not wrong. Um, and and uh, I was saying the other day, I, look. Are we overreacting? I don't think we are. I'm actually calling Nick Sirianni our Freddie Kitchens minus the hoodie and mustard stain. But um, I'm I'm hoping he's gone after a year. I mean, he won't I, be. Fantasy football. Yeah, I I understand. Probably won't. But even fantasy football owners know what team identities are after six weeks because that's how we pick our lineups, right? We're not picking the Buffalo Bills running backs. We're picking their receivers. Do and fantasy their football teams have identities? No, he's saying like fantasy <laughs> no, owners understand team no, identities. I, I like you, you can okay. look at a team yeah. and say, all right, the Bills' identity yeah. is Josh Allen out there doing stuff because you know you watch because you know they're winning the Super Bowl. That, by the way, that was before, Sean McDermott is going to be a Super Bowl champion. Before the season, I call I call Bills to win the Super Bowl and Josh Allen MVP. So I feel pretty good about that, right? I said a Bills Rams Super Bowl. I did too. I feel pretty good about that. I yeah. think that was a good pick. But anyway, I like that. Yeah, that yeah, was well, the most. What I'm dis- saying is for Sirianni to say that. Yes, it, it was unbelievable, and that's when I lost him right yeah, there. Yeah, Matt, and that's great fair. call. I, I do too. I again, I brought it up, and and I've, I you know, we all when he, that first press conference with Nick, obviously there was the whole you know everyone going nuts and the rock paper scissor and the whole thing and all that, and like we all joked around or whatever. But since then, like he had really won me over with his press conferences, in in the sense that you know. I didn't think he was like a complete fool or anything like that. Like a lot of people did, but 
you know, there have been concerning things said, especially once the, the season has began with explanations of things and whatnot. That was the worst to me. It like, was, I but I will say this. It. I will say this. Ultimately, he's got to be judged not on press conferences, but on what of course, we see on the field. Of course. But, Obviously but that's, not knowing what your team's identity is and admitting it is, is a scary thing, Rube. I mean, that's I, scary. I, I agree. But uh, you know what? If they win their next two games, does not matter? No, probably not. Winning cures all. That's what we learn every year. Like, you know, if you just start winning games, things can, can snowball in a good way. As, and- bad as, it, as bad as it is, I'm telling you, Wait till wait and see. It's too early to say this guy can't coach. All right, it is. Uh, it doesn't look good though. No, it's not looking good. But you're right. I, look again. I said it coming in. He's never been a head coach at any level, and you're asking him to do all this stuff. Of course, there's going to be bumps in the road, but they've been some pretty ugly bumps in the road. All right, it's time for our player to watch. Brought to you by your local tri-state Toyota dealers, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles, Toyota. Let's go places. Let's go Eagles. Obviously, normally leading into a game on Sunday, no game this week, but we'll just say in general. Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard, obviously, with the Zach Ertz trade contract season right now, essentially, for Dallas Goddard, I would say Dallas Goddard, really, uh, uh, you know, poignant moment for him as an Eagle. Like, this is a, a pivot point for him, so to speak, the next few weeks. Yeah, he's got to prove he's worth $12 million a year. Yep, or more, theoretically. Yeah, or, or more, and he'll have every opportunity to do it. I'm looking forward to seeing some Tyree Jackson, too. Me, too. Me, too. He was fun uh, during the, the preseason and all that. And, and, look, I think Dallas Goddard's fun. Like, he's a good football player. Use him more. Get him the ball more. What a crazy thought, you know? There's an idea. Yeah, that is our uh, a player to watch brought to you by your local Tri-State Toyota dealers. Coming up next, we'll continue to run your calls and continue to react to, again, a a, a wild uh, Thursday night game followed by the Zach Ertz trade. Really a, a lot going on with the Eagles. So get in now, 215-592-9494. It's Rube, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Ruben Frank in for Elliott Short Parks. James Seltzer with you till 3. College football coming up next, I believe. Sam Wilson will let me know what game it is. There's a game coming up. Yeah, next. I think we're carrying the Ramapo Montclair game, right? Oh, good. Class. It is NJ's. Kentucky, Georgia, actually. Oh. Okay. We were close. We were close. Kentucky, Georgia. Maybe a little bit bigger game. Yeah, probably. 215-592-9494. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. And I am not sure if Ruben has had the pleasure of talking to one of the great Go Birds callers, now one of the great WIP callers, going down to Tennessee and talk to our buddy Justin. What up, feller? What's happening, fellas? This is Rube, exciting. I'm not sure I've had <laughs> Rube, I'm not sure I've had the pleasure before. I Two legends I have, going but, at uh, it. I love it. Good to talk to you, Justin. <laughs> nice to talk to you. Nice to meet you, man. I've read a lot of your work online, and uh, I'm a big fan. Big I appreciate fan. that. Uh, first off, talking about Hurts, this is something I don't know that a lot of people have uh, mentioned, but as a passing quarterback, he only had one really good year, and that was at Oklahoma. He was not a great passer at Alabama. James knows I'm a huge college football fan. That's what I've done all day. I've I've cycled be- between five different games today, trying to keep up with it. And I mean, I mean, you he know, look, not, he was he was also like 17 when he you know yeah. when he got to Alabama and you know. Yes, Lane Lane Kiffin helped him, but once he got to Oklahoma with with uh, that coach, Lincoln that's Riley. when he really turned. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. That's when he really turned the page as far as a passer. Now, I know – I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they're going to give him the whole year to see what he's got. Now right. it's up to Sirianni and that coaching staff to, you know, see what he has, you know, to, to, to develop To bring the him best in. out of him. That's their exactly. job. It is their job exactly. to bring the best out of this kid. And all 
it's it's for we've said it all year. The best thing could happen for us would be Jalen Hurts to be our franchise quarterback for the next ten to twelve years, something like that. You know, because no question, we would have right? three I mean, draft picks. Then he's here. The, yeah, and it's it would just be the best for all parties if if it happened. But they have to give him the rest of this season. I, I heard somebody call yesterday. I think it was. Well, it's it's not going to be long before they put in. Uh, not I heard, Flacco, that, I heard the, uh, that too. Yeah, Minshew. I mean it's Minshew. It's ridiculous, guys. I mean he's he's a young kid. He's first full year starter. Give him time. Yeah, you have and to. And also, I mean, it's been thing, six Ruth. games, and he's had some. You know, it's not like he's been garbage all year. He's he's played well at times, and, and he's, he's shown three. He's shown that there's he something there. I, I I you know benching him and playing Flacco or Gardner Minshew at this point accomplishes nothing. You got to see as much as possible of Jalen Hurts. That's what that's what this year is all about. Exactly. And one more thing, I got a question for you, and I'll get out because I know y'all got a full bank of calls. If things, you know, I'm not sure. I think the uh, trade deadline's a couple more weeks away. November second. Okay, so if if things really do keep this downward turn, do you think there's a possibility they could look at trading a couple more vets like a Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox or somebody else that we're not? I'm not even mentioning right now. But anyway, I'll listen to the answer. Get off here and listen. But it was a pleasure, man. And James, buddy, you know what I always say: love you, man. And I'll keep on listening. You do your thing, man. Thanks, Thanks. Josh. Always a pleasure. God, I love it. I can I can I can listen to him talk all day. He could narrate my life as far as I'm concerned. Really? Love it. Justin is now narrating your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Get November a lot of 2nd. colloquialisms in there, you know, like he's fitter <laughs> than a this on a that and all that. I love that stuff. Two, I can't uh, get enough. Uh, two weeks, two games to go before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I do think there's a chance, uh, you know, there's not a lot of trade value on that team. And also, like you mentioned before, I mean, it's two very winnable games. <laughs> you know, you're going up against right. a Vegas team that's a mess right now and a Lions team that still hasn't won a game yet here. So, you know, it's it's just as like they're 4-4 four and four as it is they're 2-6. That six. game's out there. Are the Lions game's out Detroit there? Games oh, it's back-to-back on the road. My yeah, bad. I thought but, that it, either way, both winnable football games. So you're – you know, the, the old predication. So I got a plane ticket for nothing. Oh, yeah, but that would, that would suck. Yeah, good no, point. But, uh, uh, the old predication of that idea is that they, they would probably have to lose both of these games to be looking to sell, I would think. I, right? I would agree with that. and But I just don't think. And look, Howie's always going to. I mean, even if they're good, like, I mean, he, Jay Ajayi was a trade deadline. Janard yeah. Avery was Golden a trade Tate deadline. Golden Tate was a trade deadline. Golden. So those are all winning. You know, they were having winning seasons, yep. 17, 18, and 19. Um, he's always going to be looking, but. And I know people are like, well, what about Miles if they're not going to use him? Can you trade him? I just – What I, kind of value are you getting for a 30-year running back like yeah, that? Yeah, you're not getting a ton of value. And I think I think it's really just been they, – they need to get him involved more than getting rid of him. He's more valuable to this team, playing on this team and being more involved than he is for a six-round pick or whatever you get for the him. crazy – well, I think they get more than that for Six him. Six-round pick? I mean, Yeah, I, maybe a four, but – but Maybe. yeah, I I I think when you look at like Fletcher, I mean, I don't think there's people out there looking for a washed up. I mean, washed up's a little strong, but a fading, but a guy who's making that kind of money because you have fading, to factor that in. Like you're adding twenty plus million to your salary cap. It's not going to happen. And so Slay, you know, I I just don't see it. Um, I think you, and especially on offense. I mean, there's there's really you're you're trying to help Jalen as much as possible. You're not going to trade away. And they're all young too on yeah. offense now. Like with Erd's gone, like other than you know you're not trading Jason Kelsey, obviously. Like outside of that, <laughs> right? Like but outside of that, like they're all younger guys. They're all theoretically guys who could be a part of this future that you're trying to build. Dillard right would be the only guy. Sure, because there's redundancy there. Yeah, and but I, we don't know what's going on with Lane. We don't know if Lane's we, ever going to be back. But you know, like, I'm at the point where. I kind of 
I kind of would rather see Jordan Bellotta go back to left tackle, put yeah. Driscoll at right tackle, and Herbig at right guard. Yeah. Just, I think they're just a better O-line that way. Well, and also, like, you've already committed to Mylotta. Like, he is your left tackle, or he is your guy, or whatever. Like, put him where he's best. Develop him where he's best. This is not someone, like, who has played f- that much football still at this point, as good as he's been, like, messing around with him, moving around. Like, it's just not – it doesn't feel like the right player to do that with. I know How much coffee fine, have you but- had today? I mean, I'm always like this, Rube. This is classic me right here. Okay. Yeah, always. Well, what's the answer to that, though? Uh, this is my second cup of coffee. I today. don't believe that. And that's a really small cup. Yeah, they're tiny cups here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm. I, they'll tell you. I'm, I'm naturally effervescent, Rube. That's is that me. the word? Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> 215-592-9494. Let's go to Wisconsin and talk to our buddy Trey. Hey, Trey. Hey, what's going on, guys? Ruben what's up, Trey? Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, just you know, just a just a really quick uh, prologue. Um, we Wisconsin haven't had a prologue Eagles on the show fan. in years. Go ahead, what do you got? <laughs> love, Wisconsin love Eagles prologue. fan. I just fell in love with Donovan McNabb and uh, Terrell Owens uh, when I was like nine years old, and uh, simultaneously fell in love with Allen Iverson. So fell in love with the mentality. Uh, fell in love with the, the hunger. Uh, you know, we uh, lost to Tom Brady. Uh, in that Super Bowl uh, in 2005. So when we did beat him uh, in, in, in 2018, uh, February 4th, I, I, I was on the floor crying my eyes out. I know a lot of people, you know, wonder why there's Eagles fans in other states or even other countries, you know, but that's definitely why. So I just wanted to start off by saying that. It's awesome, Trey. You know, we, uh, as GoBirds, uh, the GoBirds podcast, we are certainly a, a fan of our outside of Philly listeners, so we appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. James, I've talked to you a few times. Uh, 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 you're one of my favorite people in the world. Um, wow. Yeah, no, I, your favorite I love you. people in so the much. world? Pleasure talking to Ruben, though, right now. Am I, um, am I like, in the top 50 in the world? Uh, I would say top 12, okay. for wow, sure. look at that. Yeah, you two go <laughs> at it. I'll just hang back. No, I just want to say I'm kind of like Elliot. You know, I'm an optimist. Uh, when it comes to the Eagles, I think there's something there. You know, we have a, a lackluster D-line right now, uh, depleted O-line once again. I don't know what's going on with Lane. Uh, linebackers are abysmal. We got receivers that can't create separation except Quez Watkins. And I love Quez to death. He's actually quickly becoming one of my favorite players. I think he actually has a lot of potential in the NFL. Is he one general. of your 12 favorite people in the world? <laughs> <laughs> um you know, and having said that, you know, um, you know, you got in the midst of that, you know, Jalen and Sirianni who, you know, haven't really been there, done that. You know, a coach has only uh, coached five games, uh, uh, a quarterback who hasn't even started more than double digits. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, you look at the box scores against two teams, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who are in the Super Bowl, and, you know, they were close games, you know, a couple calls go our way, you know, in Kansas city in the red zone and who knows what happens. Uh, you know, Avery doesn't make that, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I, start I, talking. I get the point. It just, it didn't, I know what you're saying. And, and I, it's wishful the, thinking. James. Yes. It's wishful and, thinking. And look, to you know where point earlier. Yes, I, I do. And, and I was always great call Trey. I, I, to your point earlier that you made, they did fight. They haven't given up. They keep fighting for this coach late in games, all that stuff. And I think that is, is um, noble and important and all that. But at the same time, like at no point, zero, at no point in that entire football game on Thursday night did I think the Eagles were winning. Not one, at no point. 
never. I never allowed myself to actually entertain the idea that they could win the football game. I actually did. Did you really? I really did. Wow. I yeah. did not at all. There was there was a moment there after they cut it to to six after the two point conversion. Wow. Because it looks like the defense was starting to finally. I think one of the things with Brady is that you just you have to get past the fact that we're facing Tom Brady. Yep. And I thought the, those first two drives. They seemed like they hadn't really settled in. Like they were like they were like we're facing Tom Brady here yep. instead of just going out and playing. I thought after that the defense was playing pretty well. They were, and they, boy, they had to play forty minutes too because uh, the offense was so bad. But but yeah, the the point being, I mean, look, there's a lot of football left to go. I, I love a good optimist. I'd say he's one of my seventeen or eighteen favorite <laughs> people in the world. <laughs> but it's kind of sad, actually. That I, I hope I hope you have make, more. Go out, yeah. Make some friends. You could do better. Yeah. You could do better than this. Yeah, right you don't here. want us to be your team. Yeah, your favorite <laughs> people. Yeah, you could do a lot better. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Texas and talk to CJ. How you been, CJ? Yo, James. What a pleasure, Mr. Ruben. Hey, CJ. It's a great pleasure talking to you. I've read a lot. I read a lot of what you write. I feel that uh, not taking a shot at ESC, but. It's a big difference between you being on and when he's not on, which is kind of funny. How is that not a shot at ESV? <laughs> I mean, Elliot does a great job. I'm a big fan. Just facts. He does. He does a great job, yeah. but sometimes I think his fandom and his optimism it carries him a little too far because we. I have been talking. James noted I've been on him, kind of like, hey, you're kind of not realistic about some of the things that you're saying. You're hoping those things happen, and as an Eagles fan, I hope those things happen, but. I have to stay grounded in reality and seeing what is actually out there. Like, hey, we're a four-win team last year. This is the all-rookie staff except for our O-line coach. And it's like that's the other piece. When I hear this coach gets talking and going like, oh, I don't know who we are. No team know. Like, no, they know who they are. You may not be comfortable with what we are, or you may not know, which frustrates me, which made it worse. But that does make me think of like, okay, as – uh, office, I mean, as a, a front office, how didn't you bring in a mentor for him? How didn't you bring in maybe a strong head coach? Look at Duke down in Dallas. They don't think that's a good head coach, but they brought in a previous head coach that's well. I, I think CJ the, be, the better example is Doug Peterson here. They bring in Doug inexperienced from a coaching perspective. They get Frank Reich, who's been in the league forever. They get Jim Schwartz, who was a head coach in the league, like. They did put guys around him who had experience as a head coach or in the league exactly. a long time. I was surprised by that, Ruben. To CJ's point, like, it, not only did they commit to a 40-year-old who's never been a head coach before, but they allowed him to fill out his staff with a bunch of guys who don't have that type of experience. Well, I mean, they are guys who've been in the league, and I think, again, sure, they were but... trying to repeat the Andy Reid model. Yeah. Andy Reid, you know, I mean, he had – his coordinators were experienced. Dow Howard has Dow has yeah. been around forever. Forever. But, you know, I think the, the thinking was – Jeff Stoutland can provide a lot of that. Um, the guy who's been around for, forever and, and a really smart guy. And Tracy Rocker on the other side, that older veteran guy. Um, I don't think that's the problem. Honestly, I think the problem is that he's been a bad head coach. I don't, I don't think the guys around him, I don't think the staff is really the issue. I, I just, I see, I mean, people like to blame. Well, no, it wasn't a, a shot at the staff to say the staff wasn't good, but it's saying like, hey. I, I hear what you're saying. I, I just think when. CJ, when, great call, man. When we blame Nick's deficiencies on on you know other on external things I think it's not 
I don't know. I think it's just got to be directed toward Nick. Yeah. He's the one making these calls. No, He's the one who should know better. I mean, you don't need an older offensive coordinator who's been in the league 20 years to tell a guy, run the ball more than once in the first half. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't come to that. He shouldn't need that. And, you know, I think his his deficiencies are his fault alone. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. One more segment to go, Ruben. How's Frank. this going so fast? That's what I'm saying. It's because it's fun. Do we do a couple more hours? <laughs> no Georgia Kentucky game. Maybe there's like a lightning delay. We can do like an extra hour. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Either way, we're definitely doing at least one more segment. And one more time, let me remind you that the Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly fan. College and pro football, baseball playoffs, hockey, MMA, soccer, basketball, and so much more. Bet with the best. The Park Sportsbook app, live in-game betting, lets you bet while you watch. The only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. You can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app. You can bet on individual player performances as they happen in basketball, player points, rebounds, assists. In baseball, you can bet hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, inning, by inning in football, you can bet passing and rushing yards, touchdown scores, and so much more. Plus, same game parlays, props, teasers, over-unders. It is a blast. And when you have some action on these games, you're going to watch them anyway. It just makes them so much more fun. Here's the deal. New customers, if you sign up right now, you get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Do it now. Your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA. And use our promo code GOBIRDS, that's G-O-B-I-R-D-S, to get your risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details. Final segment for GOBIRDS Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. Ruben Frank in for Elliot Shore Parks. James Seltzer with you. Kentucky, Georgia, coming up soon. Let's squeeze one more call in before we get out of here. Let's go to my buddy Mark in Delaware. What up, Mark? Hey, Jimmy, I want you to cut this. Mr. Seltzer, you are married to one great, talented human being. Period. Too kind. Next subject. <laughs> I don't want to be down. I called you a few times ago before the season and said, I want to be happy and I'm just going to ride it. I'm actually pretty angry now with the coach, and I know it's redundant. <laughs> but, I mean, this guy, it's incumbent upon him to make the necessary changes so his quarterback, who hasn't been the greatest, has been inaccurate, has made wrong decisions in the RPO, this guy's in shotgun. Rube, you've said this 100 times in the last two weeks. 100% of the time. So I, I don't know what to say. I'm really, this is just a vent call. I just love the birds, but I'm telling you, it's, it's difficult to sit back and just have fun right now, man. All I can say is I'm going to keep watching. I love the Eagles, and Dallas sucks. Mrs. Shelty, you're married to a fine human being. Thanks, Mark. You're the best, buddy. Look, uh, coming in hot. I like it. Look, uh, where, where do you say to, to Eagles fans like Mark? Because I've talked to Mark a bunch of times, and Mark came in saying, you know what, I know this team isn't going to be great. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm going to let them grow and let them kind of, you know, feel their way through the season. But inevitably, as we always do, you know, when you watch the Eagles and it's a game like Thursday night where they're just – it's so frustrating to watch the coaching and all that stuff. Sure. Like, you know, kind of how do you rationalize that? Is knowing they're not that great, but yeah, also being I would, incredibly frustrated with what you're seeing. I, w- I would say, and it's hard to be patient, but, you know, you don't judge anybody on six games. And and I, I've always just told myself that because it's it's really tempting. I mean, I don't like what I see. I'm, sure. I, I, I mean, it's it's easy to sit here and say this guy flat out can't coach, but I'm not there yet because, like I said, they, they are playing hard. They, they You know, they're in games. Uh, the schedule gets easier. 
And I was there for Andy's first year, and I, I mean they were they were terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean they were terrible. But by the end of the year, they you know they won a couple games to beat the Rams. You could tell that you know they they were on to something. It just took a while. So I'm kind of banking on that. But again, it's it's hard to do that because uh, he seems so lost in a lot of areas. Uh, but the, he he still does have the team's ear. They're playing hard. They're buying in. Uh, they believe in him and the staff. And as long as they do, there's a chance that they can, you know, get going. They And look, I mean, they went down to Atlanta, which is a tough place to play. The Falcons don't lose a lot of games there. Um, and, and Carolina, they go down to Carolina and find a way to beat a 3-1 and team on the road. So there have been moments of, all right, maybe there's something there. Uh, if it hadn't been for those two games, if they're sitting here 0-6, it'd be really hard to be positive. And I'll, I'm not positive. I'm just trying to be patient. And, and I think that's important. I think well, you have to. Well, especially, like, we live in a society, and certainly the NFL is that now, where it is, you know, judge, 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 immediate reaction. You know, it, it is that way now. And we've seen a lot more. When I was growing up, like, one-and-done coaches, like, that never ever happen and now it is not like the norm but we see it i mean freddie kitchens was brought up earlier we saw it with jim tom sula chip kelly in san francisco like it happens more so i do think that you know it is a different uh climate for these guys with these types of spots so it's hard to be patient in this yeah situation. but i will i will say as long as they're playing hard he's not getting fired i think it's a really good point and they are fighting for him all right uh, rube thanks man this was this was so much no fun. i'm not ready to go <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, no. I don't think we get to make that call, sadly. Right. We'll take it up with uh, Jack Keffer, Rod Lake, and the, the whole crew. Uh, give us more time instead of Kentucky-Georgia next time. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, check out Kentucky-Georgia. That'll be a fun game to listen to. And uh, thank you to everyone who called in. We literally could not do this show without you. Dan Wilson, phenomenal job buying the glass. Elliot will be back next week. But if he can't, you know, I'm just saying. I'll be around. That's what I'm saying. It'll be okay. So, again, thanks to Ru for filling in. It was awesome. Yeah, and, we had fun. Uh, it was a blast. And, uh, again, check us out next week. Thanks for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.